G'day and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we keep you up to date with latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain, oilseed and fibre markets. My name is Ethan Woolley. Happy New Year and thanks for listening to episode 258. Most of us don't stick to our New Year's resolutions, but it appears cattle and lamb markets are keeping theirs and they're motivated to start the year off on the right foot. With weaner sales underway and Australia Day approaching, livestock indicators are on the up to start 2024. To talk us through what's happening at the yards and the key market drivers influencing the positive start, we are joined this week by Commodity Conversations regular Ron Rutledge, Livestock Development Manager with Nutrient Ag Solutions based in Victoria. Before we get to today's interview, a brief update on commodity markets as of the 12th of January 2024. The southern wool market saw an influx of supply in broader micron wool as the sale week progressed, resulting in a general easing of pricing after a solid start to sales. Whilst the eastern market indicator lost just one cent for the week, the supply pressure pushed prices down across the board for wool on the west coast. The wheat market has started the new year as it finished it. And whilst the Northern Hemisphere lies dormant in winter, the focus of the market will continue to be on the developments in the Red Sea that are potentially impacting merchant vessels moving forward. For the cattle and sheep markets, I'll pass over now to Rob Herman and Ron Rutledge. Well, Ron, Happy New Year. Welcome back to Commodity Conversations. It's great to have you here after, um, I think, what we could say was that um, 2023 was very challenging year for livestock prices. However, in January, um, our focus always shifts to the wiener calf sales. Uh, we had a few sales in December, Ron, um, and the beginning of the new year heralds the big sales in centres like Wodonga, Caston and Hamilton. In Angus's Mercado article this week, he in analysing the sales, he said there was something in it for buyers and sellers. Is that a fair call on your uh, estimation, Ron? Yeah, I think it's probably fair. I certainly think with the new verbality of a new year, we have got into a new new season completely. And, uh, you know, it surprised us a bit with the entry of, of different uh, sectors of, of, the, of the buying fraternity that we didn't see perhaps pre-Christmas, but that's a seasonal thing. It's a rain event. These rain events have certainly created new interest in cattle marketing. Um, and we've really seen a big upside in price in the last three weeks, certainly, Rob. Yes, look, we were both at, I caught up with you at Hamilton on Tuesday, I think it was, Ron, and uh, you certainly got the feeling that there was a level of confidence, but it was uh, it was pretty controlled sale, wasn't it? You know, prices were solid all the way through um, and they weren't bad. They were certainly a lot better than what we were thinking of in late October, um, but there seemed to be good buying demand. Yeah, certainly. It was very noticeable, um, and even through the northeast of Victoria and even up to Wodonga, um, the, the buying has been very discerning. Uh, it's certainly been done by commission buyers that are very limited with the specific price to get to. Um, the, the markets would be um, generally thought that they've been dominated by specialised backgrounders or specialised feedlotters that would normally activate themselves at this time of the year. The major processing companies... Um, barring one, have made certainly um, some gains, but the other bigger major processes that would normally buy feedlot cattle and backgrounding cattle haven't activated themselves yet. 
and a lot of cattle are going into New South Wales into a, an area that's been disrupted by drought and now it's coming out of drought. People are just a little bit more conservative in what they were doing. Ron, we were talking before uh, about this and um, while, while, you know, a big percentage of these cattle are bred in Victoria, most of them head out of the state, don't they? Yeah, in excess of half the cattle so far, according to our um, our, our statistics, have, have left the state um, into South Australia, into New South Wales, and a, a segment into Queensland. So the cattle have got a fair spread, um, but that's probably reflecting where the where the dry areas were. They're now starting to gather their numbers again, but hesitantly, uh, there's a few that would like to, but their season hasn't developed. Um, some parts of uh, the New England, there's clients sending uh, cattle from one side of, uh, of say, Walker to the other because they've missed the storm. So it just is a bit hit and miss as to where the actual feed is. So we're seeing scattered um, inquiry and scattered cattle going into very different districts. Yes, I was reading um, some commentary by Hereford Society, actually, and there's always that Hereford Angus um, argy-bargy, I suppose, about uh, especially around winter sales times. But they, Hereford seemed to do well this year, too, with a lot of grass-fed demand, Ron. Yeah, certainly. Significant uh, repeat buyers have come back into Western Victoria as they do to other parts of Victoria and so Southern Australia to buy the high genetic, um, high genetic uh, Hereford cattle. And there are certainly some um, programs that underpin their clients' cattle. So that was very noticeable at Hamilton where specific breed uh, types um, of breeders were being backed up by their uh, seed stock producers buying the cattle back on behalf of different programs. So it's um, the Hereford cattle, uh, incidentally, weren't that far behind in averages as to the Angus cattle. But that's not uh, the un uncommon through Western Victoria. They're high-end cattle and, um, you know, the, 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 the delineation wasn't great between Angus and Hereford, to be honest. Well, speaking about breeds, um, there seemed to be um, a pretty good result from the crossbred steers. Now, what's going on there, Ron? Because, um, you know, we've been always talking about the, you know, Angus in preferred into feedlots and Herefords into uh, preferred programs, but the crossbred steers with a bit of Euro cross in them or um, uh, Simmental and that sort of thing seems to sell really well. Oh, they had an exceptional sale of European cross cattle. Um, they, they have floundered a bit at times, but certainly this year they're right up on the on, on the marketplace. In fact, it would be argued that the highest sell price of the Western District calf sales would have been pen of a limousine cross cattle. Yeah. Um, they're going into Pacific uh, uh, small-scale feedlotters that are aiming at the domestic market, um, and they're looking for high growth, um, quick, quick, quick uh, gaining cattle uh, on feed. And uh, there will be some certainly chances taken because if it's reflected on the current um, current slaughter market, there there wouldn't be a great margin. But going into the winter, I think these cattle will probably um, certainly reflect a, a good retail gain, but certainly the, the, the highlight of some of the cattle were the, the European cross cattle in Western Victoria this week. So when you say they're going to the domestic market, are we talking supermarkets there? Principally supermarkets or, or high-end retail shops. Um, there's there's one particular producer that bought that high-end cattle. He uh, does his own market off-trade off um, situation where he, he sells the cattle himself to a high retail uh, store in Melbourne. So he was trying to get the best retail yield for the best retail gain. And those cattle will certainly go on a high-end um, domestic, domestic butcher, butcher stroke uh, wholesale business in Melbourne. So he's specific in what he does and he certainly buys those cattle year in, year out. So, but there was an underbidder on those cattle as well. And they think, uh, you know, those cattle yield so well, that's what they did. Now talking about um, 
premiums and, and cattle selling well, you couldn't help but notice that pens with an EU accreditation um, attracted a certain strong, specific demand. Just talk us through the EU accreditation, Ron, and, and what your thoughts are on that. Um, it is one of the low cost um, parts of our business that doesn't actually cost a cent to do. It's just a management tool. It is uh, certainly a 15 cent, um, up to 20 cent in, in places gain, retail gain in the, in the marketplace for EU cattle. I've been um, telling many, many customers over the last 10 years, it's one of the easiest things we can do to get uh, certainly an, an adaption of price. It costs nothing. It's just a recording of your herd. It's a, it's a, it's a registration that anyone can principally do. Um, and as the European Union uh, has, has drifted away from the UK, it has become a more and more significant part of a program for um, six to seven specialised um, feedlotters through to the processing sector. And uh, I would implore anyone that's got a, a herd of cows, it costs you nothing. It's it, Most people with a decent number of cows would have good bookkeeping and good uh, good analysis of the herd. And uh, it's certainly a retail gain if you're selling selling weaner cattle or going through to selling feeder cattle. It's one of those uh, situations that I, I I think that it's just a must to have. Yeah, good good uh, good comments there, Ron. Um, I just want to switch gears here because um, we we love talking about cattle this time of the year, and uh, you know they are the the premium sales and and they attract a lot of interest. But the lamb market has been a, a well. It's been a ripper for uh, commentators because there's so much happening. And I just noted that uh, in the last week of December, there was about 165,000 head increase in numbers, up to about 341,000 came through the markets. But the um, the Eastern States Trade Lamb indicated a really strong week. Its increases in that, in that week, although we had big numbers, was up 47 cents or 8% to 647 cents a kilo. And it's up 38% on the November level, which is back to the price levels we hadn't seen since May this year. What's happened since the markets opened in the new year, Ron? Oh, we've seen up to a 50% gain on some lambs. Um, we, 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 it's, it, it, the analysis says that, you know, our, our average price is up about 40%, but there are several um, consignments of lambs that were sold and then after Christmas, uh, post Christmas, and there's been a 50% gain in some of the pricings of lamb. Um, I think the, the denominator is that it has rained. It has stabilised any uh, forced selling of any stock from most parts of Southern Australia. Um, the matrix back in the spring was about 80% of lambs were being sold to the processor, 20% to the restocker. Mm -hmm. And that was that's the significant factor that we're going to live through for the next six to 12 months that no one has put the degree of lambs that we would traditionally put out and that matrix was something like 60% slaughter, 40% back to the farm. So when you've got, you know, a high, high concentration of lamb not going to the restocker and being slaughtered, those lambs don't return again. And the backdraft is now starting to take its effect as we get through to the winter. Um, to get a lamb to 30 kilos plus takes a considerable part of, part of time. Um, and the feed requirements pre-Christmas were not there for that to happen unless it was on grain. The calculator wasn't making a, a, an analysis that that was going to work. So the, the, the numbers of lambs that were sold pre-Christmas um, to the to the restocker was so few. And now the processors are trying to look for these lambs that would normally come back out after Christmas and subsequently they're not there. Now, some of the, some of the Ballarat um, 
restockers or lamb backgrounders, they, they bought a few lambs and they they generally buy pretty good lambs here. And just anecdotally speaking to them, Ron, um, you know, $120 a lamb purchased in, uh, you know, say early November is now sort of doubled in value. That the, the risk there is that that's going to encourage those lambs to actually get slaughtered now and and provide an even tighter supply for down the track. We saw that evidently on Tuesday in Ballarat, where one of the major um, lamb lamb uh, producers in, in in the Bungaree district, he exited quite a few lambs for the simple reason there was such a good retail gain for him. He exited them. He might not normally have exited those lambs till April through to through to May June. So he may well have another trade, but he exited those lambs and and the the, the lambs that were put out are being exited back in to be killed again. So. It's going to have that backdraft effect for uh, quite a period of time um, with so many of those light traditional store lambs that will be put out being killed. It's going to cascade itself for, you know, six to 12 months now. And uh, the process is uh, it's completely changed. Yes, well, we've seen it at Mercado. I think it was um, uh, Angus who reported that the, um, the, the trade into the Middle East, which is typically that light bag lamb, Ron, I think is up 60% year on year. So that supports that figures. Ron, um, this is all very well and good for our um, backgrounders and our breeders and our people who own the stock. How are the processes dealing with this? Because they must be, um, it must be keeping them awake a bit at night now. Well, you you, you can feel um, a little bit sorry for them to, to one extent that not many people do. One minute they're wholesaling lambs uh, or purchasing lambs at five dollars and wholesaling them at six and seven, yeah. and all of a sudden, in a one-week transaction period, they're 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 buying lambs at seven, wholesaling them at twelve. You know, it it, it the market um, from a consumer point of view uh, keeps hearing that lamb is too dear in the shops. It has decreased to a certain degree. Now, three weeks later, it's going to increase itself yeah. again. It's very hard on the retail market to cop these ebbs and flows. Um, and from a producer point of view, there's many producers sold low value stock pre-Christmas and are saying, well, we can't take much advantage of this either. So it's a real uh, compendium of, of difficulty for a lot of people at different ends of the scale. And um, uh, the consumer must be a little confused that, that between government and media outlets are banging onto the supermarkets that, that, the, that the lamb's too dear. Well, all of a sudden it's, it's got cheap for three weeks and it's going to get dear again. It's a very difficult time. But notwithstanding, our customers overseas are obviously giving the, the, the right vibes that they can handle our livestock and through different courses of action through, you know, maybe difficulties that we see in the Middle East. It has been a significant windfall for Australian processors that some of these light lambs are going into war-torn areas to maybe it might be feeding conscripts in, in armies. Um, war may have drawn a little bit of a conclusion it's actually helped some of our processes and and livestock producers as well yes it's very interesting ron it's going to and just going back to your point about you know all the discussion about is the retail price reflective of the uh, farm gate price by the time they get around to analyzing this it could be a completely different situation where uh, you know they might be saying well hang on what's all the fuss about yeah, well, certainly governments are making lots of uh, approaches to make inquiries as to supermarkets' behaviour. We would be just as confused as the supermarkets from people that do the transactions that we're dealing with a commodity that's 50% dearer than it was three weeks ago. And 
realistically, barring rain and a, and a, and a, and a forward settlement of, of lighter stock that would normally be killed, as put out the paddocks and now they've been killed, some producers would be a little bit uh, just as confused as everyone else. Yes. Well, you mentioned the um, the Bungaree backgrounders, and, and for those in other parts of Australia who don't know, they, are, they do have a history and a reputation of buying very, very good store lambs, and they're probably not store lambs, they buy their, their trade lambs, but then turning them into very good heavy lambs because their, their soils and their fertiliser programs and their feed programs. This year on, in uh, in this area, and this is where we're based or I'm based, um, we've had an exceptional season. We've seen lambs put into uh, brassica crops that, uh, and you can't see the lambs. Now, if those lambs are coming out and getting slaughtered, that feed's got to have is going to be sitting there. Yeah, well, I was talking to a couple of Western District producers, and 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 it's typical through um, Southern Australia that you put in some sort of brassica crop uh, to put your residual lambs on. Well, a lot of people have exited their lambs, and now they're putting their ewes on to join. Yeah. I mean, to to the outside audiences, a lot of parts of Victoria that have had between seventy and one hundred and twenty mils in a, in in their summer, which is most most unusual. And we we feel for our northern colleagues that have had so much rain. It's not traditional in this southern Australia that we get this much rain at this time of the year. So, it's very very abnormal to have green through eighty percent of Victoria, and I mean properly green. And um, we haven't had a summer. Um, it's quite unusual, the climatical conditions that we face. So with everything we've spoken about, we have to just placate that we've had such unbelievable amounts of rain that most people have got full dams in the summer. So that might auger through to the winter that <laughs> there could be some extra flooding that we haven't been calculated for. Yeah, that's true. Now, one of the things we know is that when it is dry, um, producers sell. But when it's when they've got feed, they're uh, inclined not to sell. Is that the main driver of why these prices have rallied so much? Is it just the case that the processors now are just doing everything they can to try and encourage out whatever they can into the market for them to process? Yeah, on, on both species, the the, the 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 opening markets, everyone thought that they were just filling up their requirements because they've had a two week lag. But it's now becoming quite clear with the rain events that that are born. The, the lambs that are being presented, that the good lambs, uh, there's the, which are very few, the, the inferior lambs are all being kept back in the paddocks and people will do a proper job with them. So retraction of numbers, um, rainfall events, and, and maybe some um, markets overseas that have opened up positively to Australia. Uh, we're seeing a bit of a combination, uh, as we may have seen back last year of a perfect storm of, of bad news. We're actually seeing positivity personified, uh, you know, everywhere we look at the moment. Yeah, it's amazing, Ron, isn't it? And it's, and it's fantastic result. Is that um, just jumping around a little bit? But is that impacting on the cow market as well? Yeah, we're getting cow, cows, um, you know, approaching five dollars. Well, that's telling us that there's some good, good fundamentals happening, uh, particularly into the US. Um, there's a there's a restriction of cow numbers. The the drought that was um, in some areas, I understand, still might have some dry, but the cows that were being forwarded to southern southern Australia to be killed have all but stopped. So they were relying the southern processors on a shandy of southern cattle and northern cattle. Well, now they're just relying on all southern cattle. And in fact, there's northern processors trying to procure uh, southern cattle now as well. So we've had a completely 360. Um, I was just talking to a carrier this morning. He says like Burke Street on the Newell Highway at the moment with livestock trucks going up and back of, of cattle that are both ways. 
and it's quite abnormal that to see this backwards and forwards of livestock, but processors are scrambling to try and get their kills, and then farmers or restockers are trying to get cattle back in their paddocks to make their programs back again. So it's quite a, a unusual situation that we find ourselves in. Now, I'm talking to Ron Rutledge on Commodity Conversations, and, and it's a very exciting time with the markets we've been talking about. However, I want to throw a bit of a cold bucket of water in at the moment. The mutton market. I mean, mutton just looks like it is far too cheap as a protein, you know, compared to other things at the moment. What's the situation this week? Is there any recovery coming on the back of the lamb price, perhaps? Um, I think there's a lot of lot of mutton still to be put through the system, um, particularly through Southern Australia. There's a lot of programs that that haven't quite got through their shearing programs yet. Um, there's a lot of mutton that that people kept from last year or the year before the the wet year um, that that people need to relinquish because they've simply got old. So there's going to be a fair demand of mutton for the next two to three months. Um, we have got areas of southern southern Australia into Tasmania uh, that are exceptionally dry. So there's there's still a high degree of mutton coming off some of the islands as well, Flinders, King, um, and Tasmania uh, mainland. So there's, there is a bit of a, a backlog of mutton still wanting to be killed. So that's going to take a little while, whereas it basically instantly happened with lamb. I think there'll be some good templates with sheep. Um, there's a few big sheep sales coming up that people would like to perhaps restock the sheep, but they've still got a bit of a glut of mutton to work through. And it's just going to take a little bit more time. But while lambs are making up to $10, mutton making sort of 250 to $3 a, a cents a kilo, um, I think you'll find this mutton market will come along the journey as well. It's incredible, really, isn't it? Because if we were having this conversation in uh, November, we were just seeing everything going south. We, you know, the, the El Nino had been announced and, uh, and, and the concerns were about the season. Uh, the Australian livestock prices, they, they do run on the coattails of, uh, of rainfall, don't they, Ron? Oh, we are, we're only as good as our last rain event. And it would seem that the, this humid tropical sort of weather that we've found in Southern Australia is, is probably going to continue for some time to come. So, you know, it won't take much of a, a rain event in the autumn to get our winter pastures going. And we set up the situation again, mindful that all our sheep are, are cycling now and uh, there should be some good joinings um, carried forward. Um, I do think that the, the numbers of uh, sheep particularly being joined this year to last year will have changed, but some of the more expert people will tell us that. But there has been a very high degree of mutton sheep sold and that will have some uh, events that we will see later in the year with numbers of lambs with the sucker market. It, it'll have some significant changes with what's been going on in the last six months. Yeah. Well, look, Rob, we really appreciate your time. It must be exciting, well, a lot more exciting going around now than it was a couple of months ago and, and going to sales and talking to uh, sellers and buyers. Um, your uh, your insights are very valuable. I know we get a lot of feedback on and, and, and people congratulating you on sharing this information. So thanks for your time again, Ron. All the best. And we look forward to talking to you on Commodity Conversations soon. Happy times ahead. Thanks, Rob.